Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode 48 today. That's pretty good. I want to tell you, uh, uh, I have an update to share. I'm very excited to deliver this news. Yesterday was a wild day. Y- you and I had the opportunity to together speak to a gentleman named John Herring. John is the husband of Melanie Herring, who we've also spoken to on these airwaves. The Herrings are from Tooele County, and they, this year, decided to take a vacation. That vacation led them to a, a cruise ship, which later became uh, the site of some coronavirus. That spread so much so that that cruise ship became one giant floating quarantine area, quarantine zone. After some time and some testing, it was discovered that John Herring uh, was positive, had had uh, had contracted the coronavirus. He was removed from the ship and placed into quarantine there in Japan. And over this past weekend, uh, word came from U.S. officials to the remaining Americans left on the cruise ship who had not tested positive for the coronavirus that there was an, a transport aircraft available to them to bring them back to the United States. Now, the interesting circumstance in which uh, Mrs. Melanie Herring found herself was she had a decision to make whether or not she was going to remain uh, either on the ship or in Japan while her husband, John, remained in quarantine off the ship in Japan. U.S. officials let the Americans on the ship know that if you choose to stay on board this ship, it is uncertain when you will return to America. Facing that reality, uh, Melanie Herring chose to uh, get onto the aircraft, fly back here to the United States, and uh, submit herself to quarantine at Travis Air Force Base in California. That's where she is now. Her husband, John, remains in Japan in quarantine. He wrote a letter expressing some frustrations about the lack of communication between himself and the U.S. Embassy, as well as with the cruise ship uh, officials, the company owning the cruise ship. And Melanie shared that letter with me uh, early, early yesterday. And as a former congressional staffer, I'm aware that one of the responsibilities of a member of Congress is to serve as a liaison between their constituents and the federal government. So I shared that letter with Congressman Chris Stewart, who represents the Tooele area. I also yesterday had a conversation with John Herring. I want to remind you of some of the things that uh, we shared uh, with one another. More importantly, the information that Mr. Herring shared uh, with me. I started the conversation, uh, you know, as you do with most, by asking, hey, sir, how do you feel? I feel good. I'm, I'm, I can still breathe real well. My, my oxygen levels are up. 
And um, so as far as my health goes, I'm, I feel like I want to go for a run this morning. So he said that. But he also let us know later on that after a scan, it was revealed that he did have pneumonia. It was also known that after two tests, uh, he remains uh, positive for the coronavirus. Uh, our conversation continued. At that point, uh, where do I go? Uh, am I quarantined? Am I, uh, am I just thrown onto the street and said, here, here, uh, now you're clear. Um, where, do you, where do I go from there? That illustrates one of the larger questions that Mr. Herring and Mrs. Herring in in California right now have, which is once and if I do test negative for the coronavirus and to to be released from quarantine, it's Mr. Herring's understanding that he needs to test negative on two sequential tests. What happens to me once I am cleared? Uh, He wasn't sure. I asked Mr. Herring as well, what the conditions were like in the facility in which he is being held in quarantine. I asked him if it were possible for him to leave if he so chose. I'm not able to walk out. Uh, I did ask that question when I came into this room. If, I, if there was a fire or somebody, if there was a, uh, somebody, a gunman in the building, and uh, what would I do? And they said that door will open um, to my room. But um, as I, as uh, as I look in the hallway, I had to go do my CT scan. They, uh, all those doors are locked and they have keypads on them, so I wouldn't be able to get through the door unless I had the codes. Last thing you said on that topic? I'm basically, I don't want to say a prisoner, but I am. I can't, I'm not free to go. My freedom to leave is, is, has been taken away. So that was the state of things yesterday morning. There was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, many questions remained unanswered. And what was happening, uh, right about the time that I was speaking uh, to Mr. Herring, and you and I were having that conversation together, right about that same time, Congressman Chris Stewart was on the phone with both Melanie Herring as well as the U.S. Embassy. He said, listen, uh, we need to get some information here. We need to get uh, some resolution And as I woke up this morning, uh, I I learned something. Let me first share with you what Congressman Stewart said uh, yesterday on this topic of communication with the embassy. Our concerns are, first, is the embassy being responsive to the family? Because we don't think they are, and and they've got to do better. Uh, And, you know, the embassy can't change the situation, but the embassy can communicate better with them and and give them a more sense of confidence and ease that they are working their issues and that they're trying to help. Congressman Stewart assigned a caseworker to this issue, to the Herring family, and made some calls uh, himself. And now here is the update. This posted uh, on social media and shared with me by uh, Melanie Herring early this morning. It says, uh, well, this one comes yesterday. Uh, Update, Congressman Chris Stewart is working on this for us. On behalf of everyone's phone calls and emails to all these offices, we have a response. I will let you know. Also, John's test came back last night, and both the swab and saliva tests came back positive. It's still the waiting game. He has a CT scan for his chest on Monday. Thank you all so much. And then subsequent to that, this is what uh, Melanie posted this morning. John has been contacted by the embassy and also twice by Princess Cruises. If you remember, some of John's uh, frustrations were that he was had received nearly no contact from the U.S. Embassy, had a number of questions as to how he would be emerging from the quarantine there in Japan, what would happen to him once he returned back here to the United States, and uh, very basically, who's on the hook for the bills I'm incurring here as I'm uh, receiving this medical care here in Japan.
The post from Mrs. Herring continues, Thank you, everyone, for their persistence and making phone calls, sending emails and messages. It works, and he is satisfied with the answers. It worked, and he is satisfied with the answers. Can't tell you how much it means and how fast things got resolved. So now while you and I uh, don't exactly know the answers to the questions Mr. Herring has asked of the U.S. Embassy, uh, it is the account from his wife that he is satisfied with the answers he has thus far received from the U.S. Embassy. Now, the, the reason I shared this update with you and the reason why I rehashed this whole story, which you and I shared with one another just yesterday, it is that you do have some resources when it comes to the federal government. This is a pretty extreme uh, case of, uh, of that. But, well, and I mean to say, you and I probably will not find ourselves quarantined in a foreign nation because we have contracted some strange disease and that quarantine is keeping us from our home and family and country. Uh, But what it does illustrate is something that the congressman, Chris Stewart, shared with us just yesterday, that not only are members of Congress responsible for the things you see on TV all the time, uh, voting on legislation, debating, uh, getting into it with one another out in Washington, D.C., but they also have offices. They're called district offices, headquartered in each of the respective congressmen's districts. And in those district offices, there is a full-time staff of people called caseworkers. Those caseworkers fulfill a second duty of a member of Congress, and it is to serve as a liaison between you and me and the federal government. You know, you and I, we may not know exactly which number to call when it comes to uh, dealing with some of our, say, Social Security issues. Or maybe we uh, fought in a, in a war uh, long ago and some of our medals have been lost and we need help verifying the fact that we uh, earned those medals. There are caseworkers in the offices of all of our members of Congress that are ready and waiting uh, to help you out. As is the case here for the Herrings, uh, the congressman and his staff got uh, on the horn, uh, reached out to the embassy, and the embassy reached out then in turn to the constituent. Uh, the Herrings have answers they were seeking, uh, facilitated by the work of Congress. And I invite you, if you find yourself uh, with uh, some questions about the federal government, uh, your resource, your liaison, your ally is uh, in the office of your member of Congress. So that's that. We're going to continue, of course, to follow this story. There's so much left to to, to learn. We, we need to know uh, what's going to happen once Mr. Herring does test negative for the coronavirus. Uh, will he come back here to Utah or will he, like his wife, spend a few weeks in quarantine at an Air Force base here on U.S. soil? We, we don't yet know. I have reached out to the Herrings this morning. Uh, I will tell you, though, they, between the two of them, they're dancing a delicate dance regarding time zones. He's out in Japan, she in California, uh, and the the times are pretty much flip-flop, so that they're able to speak to one another uh, and get the required rest means they're sleeping at odd hours. Uh, I believe they are fast asleep right now. Next up, we're speaking to a candidate for President of the United States of America. Tulsi Gabbard is my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. 
In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.